Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, welcome. Good afternoon. Glad to have you back this week. Uh, Hope you still got some money in your pockets. Hope you can pay your rent on the first. I know you probably went out there doing everything. About the one day that black black don't mean bad, Black Friday, everybody went out there and spent the fall of money and get to go around uh, and, and laughing and as we prepare for what uh, America calls a, a, a two-week long, uh, well, really it's like six weeks now of just shopping and Christmas parties and everything else that goes along with that. I just want to just uh, just wrap up looking at uh, at, at Nehemiah and his, and his planning process that he went through. And, and once again, like we started on this journey looking at, at, you know, how when we approach life, do we do we have a plan? You know, how 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 am I living my life? Am I living my life in such a way that I can find favor with those around me as Nehemiah found favor with the king, his boss, his employer? Uh, he had favor, you know, when he when he went to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. Uh, and, you know, but it, it, he had to have a plan, you know, and he had to have a plan. And even when he had a plan, he prayed, you know, he prayed when he when he first felt conviction. Uh, then he waited. He waited until uh, he felt the time was right. And he prayed again. And then he shared his vision, and his plan. And uh, the king granted it and he went back and then he. He waited. He told no one. You know, he lined all his ducks up, assessed the situation, came up with adjustments to his plan, shared his plan, and in 52 days, the war was done, and uh, and and revival broke out. You know, what I mean, from the building of the wall, people felt blessed. They felt God loved them. They felt encouraged. They had something to unify them, something to look forward to. And then as Ezra, Ezra came and read the word, as he read the word, then they could, they could uh got encouraged with the word and start obeying God's laws and when everything was right for a season. You know, when 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 we look back, you know, we can see the benefits of uh of Nehemiah's plan. We can see the benefits of it and how it, it polarized the people. But at the heart of Nehemiah's plan was for people to be obedient to the Lord. You know, sometimes we get out here and we develop some plans and we compromise a little bit in our planning process. And, and I'm not saying obeying the laws is compromising. That's not what I'm saying here. What I mean by compromising is that if, if God has given us the plan, we should not be ashamed to say that God has given me a plan. You know what I mean? But we know if we say God has given us a plan in some circles, then pretty much we can open up a can of opposition that, that comes in there. And I just think you just, you know, you have to do what God tells you to do. 
You know, if God tells you to share it from him, share it from him. If he tells you not to share it from him, you don't have to worry about sharing it whether it's not from him. He's going to take care of the rest. You know what I mean? But, you know, but basically, you know, my, my whole point is I don't need glory and honor in my life. I give it all to him. So whatever I come up with, I tell people it's not me. You know, I said, you know, you know, God is just gifted me, but he has to get the glory. You know what I mean? He has to get the glory. I have to be obedient to him, too. So, you know, so I, like, I'm not going to set a precedent for you to go. I'm just going to tell you this is the precedent you have. Seek God and do as he tells you to do. You know, no matter what others say or do, believe God. You know, no matter what situation it puts you in, believe God. No matter what material things you may lose, believe God. And so you have the benefits. You see the benefits of people, people energize. Uh, slavery gets slavery gets repealed. Uh, you know, uh, some some bad, you know, some benefits were, you know, uh, they obey God's word. But then on the, step, the other side of obeying God's word, uh, some families were broken up because there were some people they had married people they should not have married. And so some families were broken up. Some kids were without dads. Some wives were without husbands. You know what I mean? As they were sent, they were sent packing to obey the word. And, and so obeying the word wasn't always a joyful situation. In this case, it was it was a pretty painful situation. You know, and we could see the obstacles to, to, to Nehemiah's plan. He had obstacles, you know, resources, uh, you know, enemies, you know, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, just bad blood, you know, when, it, when the people were upset that the people with money were charging usury and, you know, and making them sell their kids so they can be able to feed the rest of their family and, and everything like that. It created some bad things. Those were some obstacles to Nehemiah's plan. Another obstacle Nehemiah had, he had to leave. He only had a set amount of time. So he had to not only complete his task, but he had to train somebody and place somebody into leadership that will continue on the vision because he was only there for an appointed time. You know, he came back. Thank God for follow up, you know, that he, that he came back to follow up. And when he came back, he was uh, not happy. He was not happy at all. You know, he, he not happy to the tune where he, uh, he, he, he pulled one of my numbers. You know what I mean? It, it, my famous verse in Nehemiah where he said, I, I cussed them and spit on them and pulled their hair out and, Yelled at them until they came back to the Lord. You know, what I mean, I always quote that to my children, and uh, you know, if they ever think about you know walking out there and, and backslide, you know, they know I'm only joking, but they know it, the potential lies deep within me. So, what, what, so when I'm, and put it back on a personal level, when we have a plan, do we look at the obstacles to our plan? I like to add a third part in there. I look at the benefits, I look at the obstacles, but then I with the obstacles. I go to the word. I start looking for scripture, scripture, you know, that applies to the plan. You know what I mean? That, 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 that defines the benefit. I look for scriptures to apply to the obstacles. You know, if, 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 if I, if I'm making a plan and I say like, uh, okay, you know, what's one of the obstacles of us reaching, reaching people for the gospel with Jesus Christ. And, and it could be, uh, weather because we want to do, you know, we want to do something outside. It can be weather. You know what I mean? It can be weather. That's that's an obstacle. So, you know, how do we deal with that obstacle? You know what I mean? You know, you know, you know, you know what? You know what? What verses? What can we pray? You know, to ask for favor and weather. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, what what can we do? What how can we discern? How can we discern what days, what weekends to use so that we can have a clear day? 
You know, I remember we was in Mexico one time. And we were doing we were down to do a mission work, and so we had had a, a bunch of little small crusades, just some little small churches, and uh, we had gotten out there and and we was uh, passing out flyers and everything like that. But you know, what was the biggest draw? <laughs> was the biggest draw we found out was sports. You know, some kids because you know I was black and one of my Students that I brought, we were on a mission trip. We were the, we were the two lone African Americans out there. Everybody else was, uh, you know, just pretty much Anglo American on the trip, and one Spanish American was there. And uh, but the little kids came up to us with a basketball, saying Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. You know, this was uh, in the late eighties, and I uh, I couldn't understand what they were talking about because he was pointing. And then the girl said, he wants you to go play basketball. He's letting you know, you know, he knows some basketball players, but you want to go play. At first I thought, I know he ain't mistaking me for Magic Johnson. No way. So then we said, all right, we'll go play. So we went down to the courts, and we were playing. The course is pretty crowded. And so we get out there, and uh, we just start drawing a crowd. Once, because we're African-American. They never, really in the interior of Mexico, they ain't seen – african-american before so they really kind of looking at us and uh but then then these guys want to play and i mean these cats were some bruisers man these guys i mean it was like we had two they had two six eight dudes and it was like you know i think only one person was under six feet and we playing five on five and so they had myself um 15 year old we had this girl who lived in la for a while she ran the point she was smooth and uh and you know we had an, another another young guy, and we ran them cats off the court. And the the guy brought women fifteen year old. He he could dunk, so it just made a show. So we had all these people wanting to come to the little revival the next day from the basketball court, you know, because we had went down there and shot basketball. But then it started raining. Man, it started storming. And I mean, you know, there was it, the, the church wasn't no bigger than a dining room. So it could hold maybe 20 people. So we went outside and set up the chairs outside and everything like that. And it started raining. And as it was raining, we was like, oh, Lord. We was like, what do we do? How do we pray? You know, you know, how do we pray? Where, where do we go? You know, how do we turn to your word, Lord? And so we started praying. Right. We started praying for the weather because we didn't want the crowd was disappearing, you know, because it was, it was raining hard. And then, but the real diehard people, they stayed. Oh my goodness, they stayed in the rain, and that that convicted me right there because I know nobody in my church would have stayed. You know what I mean? You know, and and, and it's not and not this is late eighties, so I was going to a kind of a mega church, and that's it. They would have been, you know, off. They'd have went to the rental place and got a got a uh, tent. But these people were standing around still praying, and then these guys were playing soccer across the road. It was an intense match because they weren't giving up on their match. And some of these ladies weren't giving up on prayer. And we were there praying. And all of a sudden, the rain stopped. The rain stopped. The rain stopped raining on the church. Across the street at the soccer field, it was still raining. Across the street at the house, it was still raining. There was about uh, just a little patch of open air where it stopped raining outside. Though we pray for it, we couldn't believe it. Though you understand this, though we pray for it, you know what I mean. And the plan was because we're meeting outside. Oh, we're gonna pray this, we're gonna pray that. But we, 
we weren't really believing. You know what I mean? We were praying but not believing. But God just showed us, you know what I mean, that what he can do. And they stopped playing the soccer match because they were so amazed that it wasn't. Now, you, you could see that a lot of times driving down the freeway. It's raining here. You're raining there. You know, everything like that. You you Or you're raining in your front yard, not raining in your backyard because you're right on the line of a thunderstorm. But we had rain on all four sides of us, but none right there. And we were shouting and praising the Lord. And I got a chance to share and I had an interpreter and we took a time of prayer and uh, I had this word that I gave and it touched somebody and the people came up, yo, they knelt down in the mud. It was still muddy from the rain. It wasn't raining, but it was still muddy from when the rain did come before we prayed it back. And they... I wasn't going to say come forward to come pray and get it. No, they came and got on their knees before the Lord Jesus Christ. Didn't care about the mud. Didn't care about their knees. Didn't care about their dresses. Didn't care about their pants. They knelt to receive from God. And I remember this one young girl, man, she cried. The, the Spirit of the Lord came all over her. And I, But I just look at the obedience of not being mindful. And I, and I just know that to whom much is given, much is required. But to whom much is given sometimes there's no love because I'm, I'm, I look around me and I just say like, wow, you know, how can this happen? And I say all this to say that you're going to have obstacles to your plan, but you can't allow the obstacles to make you negate your plan. Many times when two or three things go wrong, I've heard people say, let's just scrap it. Let's not do it. Let's not, you know, let's put it off another day, another time. And, and to me, those are the times that you have to press through. You know what I mean? You're not planning well if you don't plan to have obstacles because we have a foe, an enemy who comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he's a factor every time we plan on doing something. You know, he's going to do his best to get us to back out of something. And there are times that we need to back out. You know, the Lord says back out, you back out. But he says, go forward, you go forward. But us us using our own divination and imagination, you know, because things aren't going smoothly or comfortably or not going the way we want it. You know what I mean? It's, it's those times that we press through that we see the greatest, the greatest benefit. And that's what Nehemiah did. He pressed through. He could have easily said, this is, this is, this is dumb done. You know what I mean? I'm done. These people got folks, you know, threatening us. And I didn't come here for that. I came here to rebuild a wall. You know what I mean? Get some leadership. I didn't come here to, to be a commander in chief of an army or anything like that. But yet he made his adjustments to his plan. You know, they work with one hand, sword in one hand, you know, work instrument in the other hand. Uh, and they kept they kept pressing through, kept pressing through. And that's what that's what I'm encouraging you to do today is to keep pressing through. When you, you make your plan and it seems all out of whack, you know, uh, I was sharing with my congregation how the Lord just, I believe the Lord told me, you know, I was going to have, he's going to use me to raise up the next generation that come through my house. I started putting stuff aside for my grandchildren in my late 20s. You know, so I get that I'm, I'm gonna get this to this for my grandson. This is for my granddaughter, and uh, but I hadn't even had a wife yet. And Satan would always remind me, "Yo, how are you planning for grandkids? And you ain't even got a wife to get kids yet." You know what I mean? And, and sometimes I would get discouraged, but you know what? I just kept pressing through anyway. You know what I mean? I kept pressing through anyway, and I didn't get married till I was 33, y'all. So some of them years, it was I felt really stupid. You know, every time I moved. 
with this little treasure box of stuff for my grandkids. And I ain't even got a kid yet. And, uh, you know, but, but, but now I don't seem so slow. You know what I mean? I, I seem, I seem well prepared. So we're going to take a break here and come back, talk about some ways that, uh, in our own life we can apply and look at these lessons that we've been talking about. And I want to wrap up this section and, uh, and then I'm going to move on. Thank you. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community, Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Another book on marriage? That's Alistair Begg from Truth For Life Radio talking about why he's written a new book on marriage, Lasting Love. So what's wrong? We've begun to wander off in pursuit of man-made fictions. Now you can get a free download of Alistair Begg's new book on marriage, Lasting Love, our gift to you and your marriage. Here's how. Visit am980themission.com. Use the keyword Lasting Love to get your free audio download of Alistair Begg's book, Lasting Love. Welcome back to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of our Spirit of the Lord Church and Pastor Joe Sutton, uh, wrapping up uh, our, our issue on planning. You know, God has a purpose for each and every one of our lives. And, and uh, looking back on my own life and, and how I apply some of these principles to my own life is that, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I, I, I embark on a plan and I have a plan and uh you know, the older I get, the clearer it becomes. And, and, and I've, I've, I've planned some things out uh, and I've detailed them and had them. And, and once I finished the plan, just to only hear the Lord say, and I put it in the file cabinet. And uh, and I was like, OK, well, I'm going to get to use that. That was a good one. And, uh, you know, but then I come to realize that not everything that he shows me is for me. I have to get I have to get away from that. You know, what I mean, I have to get away from my inbred western selfishness that everything that he shows me is for me sometimes he shows me things that is for my children and my children's children or somebody in my congregation and then I look around and you know a month a year later somebody shares something with me and I go like wow that's the very thing the Lord had me working on you know you know I'd be, I'd be wanting to throw him the whole notebook but you know God only has me share a little bit at a time a little bit at a time because He's he's helping them work through it. And being in a position of a leader, you know, I see some things and I have to and I have to realize that everything that I see is not for me. I have to know how to pass it along. I'll give you an example of of, of that when you look at the fact that uh here's Nehemiah working, you know, and uh but yet his heart was in Jerusalem. And he you know, he, he asked, How well does it go? And he was getting reports and he didn't go. He didn't he didn't leave out with everybody. His job, you know, where he was, wasn't an easy job to get away from. The king wasn't going to trust uh, that many people with his life. You know what I mean? So he was in this position. And uh, so, but yet his heart was still there and God made a way for him. And God, God moved in such a way to put him in position. God let his favor so shine upon him. 
and I, I learned something a long time ago is that uh, if if I, God will either make a way for you through cash or through favor. And uh, I like favor because it's tax free. So if God needs to get you an automobile, you know, I was telling my wife, I shared with my wife, I was, you know, I don't I don't have. Uh, I should say I'm not a high taste person. So I was sharing my wife that I want to get rid of two of my vehicles and I want to get me uh, a minivan. I said, I just want a town and country minivan. Uh, if anybody knows me, they know it's really a mini truck because, you know, in a minivan I have shot puts and discuses and starting blocks and, and uniforms and children. So it's just a really a portable office for me. You know, in there, but you know the the vehicle I'm driving, you know, a big old expedition, man. That thing gets like twelve miles to the gallon. I be I be crying, you know, and I <laughs> driving around. I like the space, but you know, I don't like the thing. So I said, that's what I want. She said, that's what you want. I said, that's all I want, you know. And uh, somebody came up to me last week, and uh, they gave me, you know, a, a, a town and country minivan. They didn't even know that they didn't even want one of the people that I shared with that that's all I wanted was a town and country minivan. You know, I, I mean, I had a caravan, but I gave it away because somebody who didn't have a car gave it to them and I missed it. And, uh, you know, and I, but I, I, I just gave it away because, I mean, it, it suited them better and uh, to help them get back on their feet. And I was like, and then and God comes back and blesses me uh, with one. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I had to stop and hesitate and say, you know, thank you, Lord. You know what I mean? But in the, but the midst of it is, is how was I living my life in such a way to make that person think of me, you know, when it got to that point? I, I, I never broadcast to them that I had this need, in, and or it wasn't really a need. It was a want because I had a vehicle to ride around in. And, um, and so but there it comes in and it comes in. I'm thankful for it. So you look at Nehemiah's life and how he lived his life. He was in a position and he had that favor, favor, you know, God smiled upon him. You know, uh, is one definition that favor is the tangible evidence that God is with you. Yeah. Joseph had favor. There was tangible evidence in his life by just by the way he was treated when he moved in certain circles. Uh, Abraham had God's favor, tangible evidence, Everybody knew. They say he's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God God, God picks his name up on the street off the reputation of, of a human being. Now, you know that's something that's there. You know, and so so we have to also live our life in such a way as Nehemiah did. So we can get favor. As Nehemiah got favor to get the resources he needed to rebuild his wall. You know, and in our plan, it may not always go exactly as we plan it. You know what I mean? We have to be willing to adjust to the as-is situation. We know how we want it to be. But we have to adjust in how it really is already. Uh, you know, we're looking at certain situations and and uh, and trying to be in equity. You know, they said that our schools are more segregated now than they were back in the 60s. And the segregation is not a result of just zone drawing. It's a result of economics. Right. Because you you if you if you don't have the money to live in a certain neighborhood, you can't go to that certain school. I mean, because it's just you. The school is here. You're here. So if 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 all the A is in this area, then then that's going to go to that school. Is A? It's going to be an A school, and now the B school. And so you you know when you look at especially Minnesota, <laughs> ranking 51st in the nation, you know uh, economically, you know for African Americans, you know behind Mississippi, Alabama, everybody else, you have to ask yourself some questions. What is going on? 
you know, on our in our economic horizon. You know, when we have a school district, a major school district that's, that has a 50 percent or lower graduation rate, you know, we got to say, wow, what is that doing to our workforce? What is that doing? So that other 50 is never going to climb out and their children are going to be born into certain things. So you have factors there that may change or should be because the as is is a certain way and you have to deal with those things that come up. But even in your family, when you're with your kids and, and you know, those of us who, you know, who may have blended families, you know, where you inherit a situation, it should be like this, but this is how it is. You know what I mean? You know, you, you know, you, you, you know, it's the Brady Bunch part two, you know, coming in there, you know, it, you, you say this, but it's that, uh, I mean, pastoring, I know what it should be, but due to the situation and type of people that I go after my as is situation is, is far different than the ideal situation biblically. But never let those things hinder you. It's the one reason why we do Isaiah 61 is that you do not let your, 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 your economics, your class, your race, your size, anything hinder you from doing the work of the Lord. If you can't remember anything else, remember this, no matter what others say or do, believe God. Say, I'm going to believe God. That's my mind. I say, no matter what others say or do, I believe God. I follow the Bible, even if they put me and crucify me. So I can't tell you marry something because it's not in the Bible. See y'all later.